This is Hammett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show, get ad-free episodes, and get bonus exclusive episodes. Yeah, hear me being more like off kilter than I normally am. Bring yes. in those episodes. When I listen to you, I think kiltered. <laughs> You know, I get that a lot. That's so funny. People are like, Jess, you're really kiltered today. It's great. <laughs> Do you want to start with the most disturbing story that we have seen in a while? Is it the one I care about yes, deeply? Yes, it okay. is. Okay. Here's the backstory. Because yeah. I was shocked to learn just the backstory of this thing. In Oklahoma, mm. the current law says corporal punishment is legal in schools. You can like spank public schools. Public right? schools. Teachers can spank, hit, paddle. So you kids. send your kindergartner off to school thinking yep. they're gonna learn like two plus two equals six. Yeah. You know, like kids do. Yeah. And instead they're just like beating the shit out of your kids. They could. Um, I'm sure there are some rules in there, but the bottom line is mm. it's a legal thing in Oklahoma and it hasn't been they're undone. Physically punishing children. Theoretically, it is legal to do so. Okay. So theoretically, but Theor- we, do we have evidence of this actually happening? Uh, I do have some oh, evidence no. of it happening. This is not just a hypothetical. Where's the number? Here we go. Uh, Oklahoma educators reported using physical discipline 3,968 times during the 2017-18 school year, according to the most recent federal data available. 3,600 times. Almost 4,000 times, and that happened at 18, at more than 1,800 Oklahoma schools. That's from five years ago. So I'm not sure uh, people who listen to this necessarily know, like, who we are, I guess. So my uh, other, I have, like, 17 jobs because I'm a millennial. But one of my jobs is I uh, work for a therapeutic writing center, and we specialize in kids with special needs, kids and adults with special needs. And so I understand, because I do it every day, the deep patience it requires to to work with kids like this. And I, I think anybody who takes that on is, is brave and noble. Um, what I have learned is that, like, hitting disabled children... We're not there yet. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. I I jumped ahead. Anyway, I guess working with special needs kids and adults, it it takes a lot of patience. So So that's what I will say. Here's where we get to this new bill. Mm. This is, I should say, House Bill 1028. It's sponsored by a Republican, John Talley. Oklahoma, you said? Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And basically he said... Look, there is an exemption in the law, the corporal punishment law, that says it do- you can't hit kids with, quote, the most significant cognitive disabilities. The most. The most significant Which is not cognitive a disabilities. term. <laughs> so it's, is it, correct me if I'm wrong, is it just some, like, old white dudes in Congress making bullshit up about how... I don't know Shit how the works. state legislature here, uh, whenever they passed the law with the exemption, I just don't believe these people have a lot of experience it. with disabled but you're right. humans. Like, how do you define most significant? This it, is what I'm saying. They didn't define it in the law, but it means teachers can theoretically spank kids, paddle kids, hit them however you feel. Um, however, a handful of students who they define as the most significant cognitively disabled mm. are off limits. Okay, whatever. 
Like, that's a horrible exemption. Some might say that's that. a good exemption to a horrible law. Right. But also, it leaves a lot of students vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So, this Republican, John Talley, said, I would like to not overturn corporal punishment, which would have been the right answer. Correct. But he said, let me broaden the exemption because he's basically asking what you're asking, which is how do we define, you know, most significant uh-huh. uh, cognitive disability? He said, why don't we just say, if you have any sort of IEP, if you have any sort of individualized education program, you're considered dis, uh, you have some sort of disability, and is the this, school has paperwork that signifies that you have any disability, you're off limits. But does this only apply to minors? Yeah, I mean, this okay, is public this schools is basically minors. saying oh, teachers yes, say that, cannot, yeah. uh, you cannot use corporal punishment, he uh-huh. said. Under this bill, you couldn't do it to any student with any disability. Uh Just saying, let's broaden that exemption so that it covers more kids who are exempt from being hit. I mean, to be clear, everybody should be exempt. Everybody should be exempt from that. But he's saying, look, here's an easy move for all of us. Let's Mm. make sure uh, anyone with a disability is exempt. And another Republican (laughs) state representative, Anthony Moore, said. I'm going to co-sponsor this bill. Uh And he basically said he thought this would be an easy vote. He said, quote, there's going to be nobody who's for corporal punishment on students with disabilities, he said. I bet he's severely mistaken about the (laughs) the state of his state. Yeah. I don't think he realized that he is a Republican in Mm. Oklahoma Mm. because here's here's the thing. They were going to vote on this bill in the state house Mm. and then pass it over. But other Republicans started saying, wait, let's think about what we're doing here. You're going to take away my, my God-given right to beat the shit out of a kid who doesn't understand what's going on. Exactly. How dare you? And again, this, these two Republicans who co-sponsored the bill thought, come on, even Republicans are going to get on board with this. I'm obsessed with the fact that Republicans kicked this off. This like, is very fun for They me. do not understand their own party. So Truly. State Representative Jim Olson, he got on the floor of the House right before they were going to take a vote Excuse on me, this the matter. The hero Jim Olson? Uh, exactly. Oh, so brave. Yes. I can't wait. He got on the floor of the House, and mm. he's basically making an argument for why we don't need to broaden this exemption at all. Sure. And... I'm going to play a clip for you. It's about a minute long, Mm -hmm. and it's his defense of why we should keep corporal punishment available as an option for as many students as possible. Here's this clip. You know, several scriptures could be read here. Let me just read just one. Proverbs 29, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. So that would seem to endorse the use of corporal punishment. So how would you reconcile this bill with with Scripture's counsel on this matter? Um, I would say that this is limited to special needs children's. I'm going to let you have one more question and then you have to get back in the queue, please. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, uh, for your tolerance. Um, on what basis would we automatically assume? Now, I'm sure there are some cases where capacity is so limited they may not understand the rules and expectations, 
But on what basis would we automatically conclude that a special needs child uh, would, should not get corporal punishment? Because in this bill it says that these are students that are classified as IDEA special needs students. So let me recap what he just did there. What he said is the Bible basically says, spare the rod, spoil the child. Right. You have to hit kids. It's the biblical thing to do. Which Why my understanding is exempting? that's a misunderstanding of a specific thing that says you need to discipline kids does yeah. not necessarily mean you need to physically hit them. Yes, that's that is one interpretation of A high of school that math idea. teacher I had who's real mad when I posted about this on my Facebook wall. <laughs> so he's saying the Bible says we're allowed to discipline kids. And then he asked after that to the sponsor of the bill, like, how do you get to decide who is uh, exempt from this rule? And what that legislator said is, well, there's paperwork involved. If your child has a disability, like the teachers know about it. How do the teachers know about it? Because there's paperwork involved. So we would know exactly who's exempt from this bill. So don't let that be a thing. But basically, Jim Olson said, but the Bible says we can hit kids. So why can't we hit the kids? Later so, on, and he challenges him. He says, "How do you say?" Right? He says, "How do you reconcile whatever you're saying with Scripture?" As which is Olson is saying that such... saying, right? How come? How does your law comport with what my interpretation of the Bible? And is? guess what? It fucking doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't. It shouldn't have to. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, I will say kudos to the Tulsa World newspaper because in their article about what just transpired, mm. they included this line. Olson did not turn to Deuteronomy chapter 21 verses 18 to 21, which is usually translated as God ordering that stubborn and rebellious sons be stoned to death. Old Deuteronomy <laughs> Basically saying, oh, time. you're choosing the spare the rod section as justification for why we should beat kids but you're ignoring the one about murdering them i am just so obsessed with this kind of shit of like uh the bible says i can beat children and how fucking dare you tell me that like i think that's the thing that kind of blows my mind about christianity and specifically christians in power is that they make a very obvious choice, right? They decide, do I want to follow Jesus in so much that he said, feed the poor, support sex workers, we're all doing our best, everyone deserves care? Or do I cherry pick a few things out of the Bible and be like, oh, all of that shit Jesus says doesn't matter if you've ever touched a boy's penis with your penis, that's not how gay sex Great. works. Now I'm we are stupid. banned from all the platforms. Stop telling me I'm getting us demonetized. Uh-huh. I'm the only one who makes this money. Question mark. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I should also point out. I'm dragging on your coattails. There you go. There it is. So the American Academy of Pediatrics mm. uh, actually has said repeatedly, like they want to ban any form of physical discipline in school against children. I should say why? Because there's plenty of evidence showing it does harm in the long yeah. term. Surprise. Did you? You're and a- oh, Olson, they brought this up. And what did Jimmy Olson say? He said, God's counsel mm. is higher than the American Academy of Pediatrics. God's word is higher than all the so-called experts. So is there any other, any other, like, example of Christians just fucking running roughshod over the world? 
Every like, example is an example of that. But this is such a strong one of truly, it's not even couched in anything. It's just them saying like, hey, 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 kids with autism are hard to deal with and it's much easier for me to beat the shit out of them into submission than That's it is a different Republican. To, I'll get to him in a second. Uh, it sounds like it's the same fucking <laughs> Republican, Hemmons. Yeah, so another guy in Fighting the legislature. To beat kids with special yep. needs. Let's. Let's everybody simmer in His that for name, a hot second. Another legislator, Randy Randleman. There's a name for you. He Go said... fuck yourself. Did he you just said, say Randy Randleman to uh-huh. me and not think I have a five-minute bit to do about that? He's a child psychologist. And what he sure said he on the floor, I don't have a clip of this, but what he said is basically spanking is almost always inappropriate. Except... But, yeah. And what he said is teachers need the threat of corporal punishment to maintain classroom order. He said... You can't touch me. I hear that over and over. I don't want to hear that in school. Like kids use that as an excuse to taunt their teachers. And he said teachers basically need to have the threat to hurt special needs kids. I just. Yeah. Just to be clear, as someone who was in the classroom for several years, I'm just telling you, if your classroom is so chaotic that physical discipline is your only solution, you shouldn't be a teacher. Did you ever... So you're a little bit older than me, but not much. Mm -hmm. I never had any kind of hint of corporeal punishment in my entire... Uh, from uh, my parents, yeah, but not from oh, no, no, school. No. My parents, yes, but yeah. not from like the school is right. what I'm asking. Yeah, okay. no, I can't even that imagine any of my teachers like, doing 1960s that. Sixties to me, which I know is really yeah. naive, but feels like, very eighteen sixties. I mean, and actually, that's good that point. is what they would like to go back to. Um, so after all this, and again, let me let me reiterate: this is a Republican legis- uh, legislative bill. To like expand the exemptions here, they thought Republicans would get a, go along with it, and of course, all the Democrats were going to go Does along with blow it. Blow your mind! The things they're gonna, the hills they're gonna die on is like yeah. nothing is so important to me as a kid with a Down syndrome getting the shit beat out of them in their classroom like, by a teacher. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's just Jesus horrific. Christ. Their religion is giving them license to do the worst things imaginable. And again, all these people. To paraphrase a line, I didn't come up with this but these are people who basically act like they put their hand on a constitution and sort of uphold the bible sure. it's supposed to be the other way around yeah, that's fair so here's what happened after all the couple of those republicans speak out and say like well the bible says we could hit kids and the other guy says well teachers need to be able to threaten their kids because this is oklahoma um the vote was 45 to 43 in favor of broadening that exemption. And that mm-hmm. sounds like a good thing. I mean, Except close. For... It sounds like it passed. Mm. But here's the thing. There's 101 members of the state house. So for any bill to pass, you need 51 votes. They need a majority. Even though they had more mm-hmm. than the other side, they didn't have 51. Um, I should say 13 members of the house were gone that day. So like... It's possible they oh, could sure bring they this had bill really up again. Important shit to do that is more important than <laughs> defending. I want to be clear: students who have special needs yeah. who are being beaten by their if, teachers. They're like, oh my god, of those I 13, never get this tea time. Of so. those thirteen, I think three are Democrat and ten were Republican. So that means even if every Democrat supports this bill, mm. they're still going to need a few more Republicans to join with them on it. And the fact is. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that Mm. because a lot of the people are like, well, if this seems to go against the Bible, I don't know. 
Uh, there is a Democratic lawmaker in Oklahoma. His name is Forrest Bennett, and he wrote, Good morning from the Oklahoma House chamber, where a pastor and a psychiatrist, who are also legislators, are fighting against a bill that would ban corporal punishment for students with special needs. It's 2023 outside. It's 1880 in here. Yeah, dude. Um, which, by the way, it's 1880 in here should really be Oklahoma's motto. It's pretty funny. Mm. I Okay, I... I always like to bring this up when we talk about shit like this of like children need to be physically punished to understand things. And I, 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 maybe this is trite, but this is a thing I really need to say is I work with horses. I train horses for a living. They weigh uh, around a thousand pounds on average. I've never hit one of my horses. I've never physically abused any one of my horses because if you work with any creature, whether that's human or not, you understand that hitting the shit out of something is not the best way to quote unquote train them. So when I hear that a teacher cannot deal with a a kid with special needs without like fucking hitting them to me that says this person lacks empathy this person doesn't understand how human beings work and that this person thinks less of their students than i do of my horses we've said this before as on this show talking about the same topic but if your response to anything like this even setting aside the the students with special needs side of this whole thing. If your thing is, well, I got hit as a child and I turned out just fine. So I support this. No, no, you clearly didn't. You, you did not turn out didn't, just fine. You think it's important to hit children. Yeah. Um, and I should point out, as I'm sure a lot of listeners are thinking right now too, like hitting kids and, or spanking them or paddling them or whatever language you want to use has been a longtime core belief among fundamentalist Christians uh, in there was there's a couple Michael and Debbie Pearl who wrote an infamous guide to faith faith based oh, abuse yeah. called to train up a child. I remember to train um, up a child. That is a book that gets brought up in conservative circles still, mm. even though parents who have used their methods um, have been jailed, mm-hmm. have been. Uh, arrested for Mm -hmm. the abuse that they caused. And the defense from these people is always like, well, we didn't say beat them. You're not supposed to do it like that hard. Supposed to strike them and surprise them. Like what? Like they want to paddle on your butt, but like not to leave a mark except to hurt them. Otherwise they won't feel it. Like it's such a weird rule book. They can't get caught hurting them. So they know that it's not okay. And just to be clear, this book says you should physically discipline kids as youngest six months that's what the book says with quote the same principles the amish use to train their stubborn mules okay actually you know what's wild is we have a horse at our barn that was brought up by the amish and he is scared a lot yeah he was clearly beaten into submission and so let's not maybe use the amish as our our benchmark for good raising up of hum- of animals or humans. Wait, so, uh, okay. I'll summarize the story for yeah, you here. Yeah, that's fine. Do the, it. Uh, Jim Olson, who is a Sunday school teacher who routinely cites the Bible to defend horrible policies, mm. used his democratically elected power 
to help defeat a bill so that more vulnerable students could be hurt just a little more. And this is the sort of guy who thinks kids need protection from learning about systemic racism, but he wants to make sure teachers have the option to beat students with disabilities uh, no, he's because he's Christian. He's, uh, if I had to wager, I guess, I would say this man is a eugenicist. Because if he is like, we definitely need to beat disabled kids. We definitely definitely don't need to learn about anybody from any other races. All we have to do is... Did you see the interview this week of the right-wing bigot who was on on, doing an interview on live TV... And she was ranting about like, she, blah, 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 woke something, something. And the interviewer is like, hey, can you just define that for me? Cut, woke? Of, of woke? Uh, woke. Okay. And then there's like a 30-second pause Ooh, on TV. love a pregnant pause. That only included the words, this is going to go viral. Oh, no. Something like that. The, the interviewee said the that? The interviewee who And what'd she say? Uh, she made up some stupid definition. And she knew. She oh, got yeah. Called. She knew in real she time, like, oh, no, oh, liberals are going to tear me apart. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What do you think is, um, over time, what do you think is... It's amazing is... they say woke with a hard R. That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> what do you think has been more um, troublesome on society? Do you think it is this, this sort of spare the rod, spoil the child thing? Or do you think it is the don't have sex until you get married and you need to uh, like follow these? Isn't it all part of the same package of I want to control your body? That's the question I'm asking. I want to control your body. And therefore, we're going to put in place any laws that allow me to have authority over your body. That's the the Christian, the the conservative Christian way here. But the bodies they are trying to control are different bodies. There is a difference between I'm trying to make sure this, say, teenage girl doesn't like explore her sexuality versus this kid with severe autism does not understand what you are asking them to do. They're both shitty. I'm just, I mean, I guess. If you're asking the, me to compare, I don't know that I could. I don't no, know which one is worse. I'm at, I set like, you up for the worst sure. possible conclusion. <laughs> but I, I think it is part of the same package where they think like the Bible gives me the authority to control you, your physical being. Mm. I get to dictate what happens to your body. It's mm-hmm. part of the same package of everything they want to do. I want to control your mind. I want to control your body. That is what they do. And they don't just want to, they know they can't do it through influence because mm-hmm. no one takes these people seriously mm-hmm. except the very few scary people who do. But it's and like, they well, don't I have additional and influence. And they're all in state legislatures. <laughs> and it's like, well, let me use that power to make sure you can't get yeah. away with it. That's. That's what's frightening to me. I mean, me. it seems to me the more I learn about the shit we study and and cults and things like that, it really is a hundred percent down to like one one dude or a group of people who want power, and mm-hmm. that seems to be what it all is. From the Pope down to like the cult leader who had like literally two followers. <laughs> They just want to be in charge. And I, I do want to point out for that last story about the kids with disabilities, like the good guys, quote unquote, in that story mm. are Republicans who wanted to broaden the exemption. But just to be clear, they still want corporal punishment. They're not trying to get rid of let's beat the kids. They're saying, well, let's beat the kids. But like 
will say no to a handful more than I he did before. I have to wonder, though. Those is, are the good guys in right. the story. But is That's that, the Republican is Party Is that for a you. moment for Republicans of being like, oh, I thought we all agreed we shouldn't beat special so kids with special needs. I quoted a guy who was one of the co-sponsors of the bill who said, you know, I thought Republicans would be on board with this. Like, there's going to be but nobody co- who's oh. for corporal punishment on students with yes, disabilities. Okay. I, sorry, I forgot, because the bill was to reduce... But reduce corporal punishment. Yeah, and for they're slightly all fewer kids. They got. And he thought he could get enough Republicans to pass it. Well, after he said that, he's like, well, I was wrong. Said that to a newspaper about his fellow Republicans, At which, welcome to my acknowledging... world. <laughs> I'm ca- These are the people I'm curious about. This, my dude here, who... He's only 99% conservative. I thought you were going to say he's only 90 years old, and I was like, well, fuck everything, I guess. But surely, like, I... It, at what point do you not get roped into the uh, the cult atmosphere of the GOP if you're this guy who says, no, 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 I am not this the part of the GOP that's just anti, anti, anti to destroy things. I'm one of the good I ones. I just want physical things. abuse on most kids. And I, of course. But what does this guy do going away from this? I Because this man's internal monologue is, this was a no-lose situation. Nobody thinks that disabled kids should be beaten. And even even conservative politicians, there's no way they are for this. And now he knows. Like, yeah. I'm just dying to know, like, I want to hear the conversation he had with his wife or therapist or <laughs> dog or whatever. It is like, possible this I bill... Guess they are, I guess we are the baddies. <laughs> This bill could be brought up again when the full house is in session, so maybe it'll pass. I don't know. But again, the fact that it didn't have the votes it needed because 41, was it 41? Like, how many of those? 43. I'm sorry. 43 Republicans said, uh, no, I'm fine with beating kids who don't know what's going on necessarily. Yeah, these people are fucking monsters, and I don't know why people continue to elect them to do literally anything. Good luck to you, Oklahoma. Uh, right. Let me. Last weekend, I had my in laws over, and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You, too, can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com friendly and use code FRIENDLY to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. Let me jump to this story, which uh, when I saw the headline, which was, we have new survey results on what people think about various religious groups in the country. From who? I'm like, uh, this is from the Pew Research Center. Oh, okay. And I'm like, 
Okay, I don't know what my prediction would be. Like, do people like atheists? Do people like evangelical Christians? Well, What's the answer? Classically, people do not like atheists. <clears throat> right. And so the question is, like, how badly does that look like? On If you put assigned a number to it, uh, favorability. The, here's the question. Uh, the, you know, what percent of U.S. adults have dig- a favorable view or unfavorable view of each of the following groups? Okay, before we dig into this, do you have any... Shit from prior, like I feel like uh, historically atheists have died under this kind of scrutiny, right? Is but I presume you don't, I don't have that off the top if, of your dome. You know what? I don't, and the reason is I think they've changed the wording of the question, so I can't do an oh, apples so apples comparison. Okay, okay. So that's basically, fair. the question is like, if we ask you about Jewish people, do you have a very favorable opinion, somewhat favorable, uh, somewhat unfavorable, very unfavorable, or? Neither. I don't have enough information to say. Those are your options. Okay. And it turns out that if you look at atheists specifically, mm. the percentage of Americans who say, I have a favorable view, either very favorable or can somewhat favorable, you can guess. 25%. Lower. Fuck. 20% said Oof. we have a favorable view, which is like... It explains why my huh. coworkers don't like me very much, I guess. Yes, that is the only reason. <laughs> and then, Asshole. how many... What's the percentage who have an unfavorable view who actively said 25%. like... 25%. That is closer. 24%. Okay. So on average, like our net likability is negative 4%. Yeah, we're not We're more unliked great. than hey, like. Dave Silverman, can you backpedal so hard? <laughs> You're not helping us. I wish I could give one person credit for that. Like it's <laughs> one dude dragging Dog us down. Is- but no, it's not just one yeah, dude. We're I would just venture. a deeply dislikable but group. Here's, here's the thing. We're actually not the lowest on the totem pole. I would let me add a couple more things. Okay. I said twenty percent are have a favorable view of us. Twenty four have an unfavorable view. Fifty five percent have no opinion on us, which is to I, me the more shocking. Thing. I dream of the day people have no opinion on me. None whatsoever. I would, I would give everything I have for people to look at me and be like, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> Which I guess that's means great. that's, great that's 55% of people who haven't been persuaded one way or the other. Like, there's room no, for I would growth. Argue, no, no, no. I, I think I would push back on that and say that it's people who don't care about religion. Right? Maybe. Like, I feel like if you have your toe in religion, you have an opinion about atheists. But if you're somebody who just doesn't give a shit, I'm an atheist. Okay, dog. Right. Like, fine. Well, here's some other things that are also interesting. First of all, we're not the ones with the biggest net unfavorability at negative four. Oh, boy. Muslims do worse than us. They're at negative 5%. Sorry, gang. But they're not the last ones either. Guess which group has the most unfavorable views? This is a U.S. poll? um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Americans have a general unfavorability toward them. Yeah. Of worse and than I will, with, Muslims. I won't give away the answer, but only 15% say I have a favorable view and 25% say I have an unfavorable <sighs> view. Is it pagan? Mormons. No shit. Yeah. Whoa, wait, wait. Say those numbers again. 20% have... 25% of Americans say they have an unfavorable view of Mormons. Okay. Overall, they have an unfavor... Like a net favorability of negative 10, which is lowest on the list. So that's fascinating to me because I feel like Mormonism is... We beat the Mormons, everybody. uh, Yeah, congratulations, Drink up. Yeah, cheers. Cheers to you. Have some coffee. I have worked with Mormons more than I think any, besides Catholicism, any other group. And I feel like the 
reflection of Mormons is they're nice. They're hard workers. Mm-hmm. They do what they have to do. They, I mean, it's very Book of Mormon. Like they're always buttoned up. And yeah, that's I, that's what surprised me too. I'm like, even if you don't get yeah, their religion, deeply racist and homophobic. <laughs> but like, if you meet an individual Mormon, Probably he's gonna fine. have a sharp haircut. <laughs> he's not gonna drink coffee, and he's gonna wear a tie. Probably, right. I assume. And so that was surprising. The who sharp got, haircuts? Must who had the most favorable? Uh, Outlook? Like, who did people find the most favorable? Black evangelicals. No, there's only three of them. And the answer is no. Tell me. Jews. Everyone loves Jews. 35% of Americans have a favorable view. Uh, Only, what is this, 6% had an unfavorable view. I thought anti-Semitism was having a real comeback lately. Well, I think this is what's interesting. I think you have a small group of very conservative religious people who are deeply anti-Semitic. And obviously Jewish people as a proportion of the American population is not a huge percentage. Very small percentage, like 10%? But the anti-Semitic voices are super loud and very dangerous. And specific is the thing. But overall, though... It's not there. And yeah. and honestly, maybe the fact that we have to have these conversations about anti-Semitism actually makes people more favorable. Like, I want to defend Jews. That I they feel want... more victims than anyone. Yeah. Once again, There's some as empathy, through the 20th century. Else. Oh, God, that's maybe, so maybe. interesting. This is me uh, just of course. trying well, to make sense of these numbers. Nobody's smarter than you and me, so Damn I don't know right. what else they could So here's what else we learned from this poll. Okay. When it comes to atheists, the question is, okay, here's what's unfair about that whole ranking thing. Okay. It's that, well, atheists are a small percentage of the population and like Christians, Protestants, Catholics are like a huge proportion of Americans. So if we're asking Americans what they think about these various groups, Christians have this inherent edge because they're making up a bigger proportion of the sample size. If you ask 100 Americans, what do you think? So what you're saying is Christians tend to be fine with Jewish people? I'm saying Christians are going to say, well, my people are fine. Uh, Other Christians are fine, even if I disagree with the specifics. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's like, well, if the whole sample is pretty much Christians, they're going to rank Christians better than groups that they deem Mm. non-Christian. Maybe. So Pew also broke this down of like, let's see what Protestants said or evangelicals said about all these groups except for themselves. Okay. Let's see what atheists said about all these groups, except for other atheists. And here's where it gets interesting. Like other atheists. Yeah, well, join the club. <laughs> but here's what they found here. Like, if you look at the, how did everyone think about atheists? Uh-huh. Uh, it won't surprise you that agnostics love us. Of course. Uh, net net favorability. Because their of, big brother. Yeah. Net favorability of plus 45. Okay. Like, they way more like us than dislike us. Jealous. Um, people who are just nuns, <laughs> like the Marilyn, well, uh, uh, what's her name? Marianne N-O-N-E-S. Williamson's. Oh, yeah. Marianne Williamson's of the world are like the plus 13. Okay, not bad. Jews love us. We're plus 19 among Jews. We're basically the same. <laughs> who hates us the most? Yeah. Evangelicals have a net favorability of, of us uh-huh. of negative 40. They really dislike us, and it's mutual because <laughs> atheists. What do atheists think about evangelicals? Don't care for them. Atheists 
when looking at how we feel about evangelicals, negative 76%. We, so we, we, so not to brag, we hate them more than they hate us. That is correct. Good for uh, us. I feel like I'm in high school right now. <laughs> we are also, the bad guys. This also amused me. Um, what do atheists say about uh, Mormons? Negative 55. We're not fans. No. Uh, Catholics, negative 49%. We're not fans. I would rank Catholics worse than, oh, mm. don't dig into that, you Jessica. Do? You don't like it. Yeah. Um, Jews, we like Jews. Yeah. Atheists love Jews. Plus 13. Not? Plus 13. They're a chill people. So here's what's interesting. Mormons uh, like everybody else. Besides us. No, including us. They oh, like us the least. Mormons but they still are a like us. Positive group. Mormons unless have they go a, to one of their weddings. Mormons have a bigger positive favorability. They have a higher like for us than dislike of us. Plus six is the differential. Okay. Now, I will say Mormons, uh, when it comes to evangelical Christians, it's plus 43. When it comes to Jews, it's plus 58. When it comes to atheists, it's plus six. (laughs) So they like us the least, but they still like us more than dislike us. So that's something. Yay, Mormons. This is like if Kenneth from 30 Rock was ranking people, and he's like, (laughs) I like, I hate most of these people, but the worst I can think of is is plus six. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I hate them. So that's interesting. But then, so I asked the Pew Research Center, like, it wasn't in their original report. I'm like, do you have a breakdown by age? Because I'm very curious. And they did give me a breakdown by age. And here's what I got from them. If you ask people 65 or older, all Americans now, 65 or older, what do Uh you think of atheists? Net favorability, negative 24. Not fans of us, only... They, uh, only 9% of people above 65 have a favorable opinion of atheists. 33% have an unfavorable And genuinely, view. I think the people who are all over 60 or whatever, it's just my dad's friends who like to yes. talk to me at a bar. So it's negative 24 from people 65 and up. Shit. What happens when you ask people under 30? All of a sudden we jump to plus 11. Oh! When it comes to atheists, 28% of them have a favorable view of atheists. Only 17 have an unfavorable view. So the point is, like, we actually, when it comes to who do you view favorably, Uh 18 to 29-year-olds, Jews are at 29%, atheists are at 28%, everyone else is lower than us. No shit. Wait, wait, wait. Everybody, everybody? Every other group. Like Christianity, Mainline Protestants, only plus 17. Catholics, plus 20. Muslims, plus 26. Much higher than I thought they would get. Interesting. And I was trying to figure out, because Pew doesn't do this, but I'm trying to figure out, like, why is it that younger people, like have a better opinion of atheists and Muslims and Jews than all these other groups. Yes, you are raising your hand on a podcast. I think young people tend to be more anti-authoritarian. That's my guess, mm-hmm. is that they see Christianity, specifically evangelical Christianity, as the, like, capital B, big bad, right? Like, they're the ones who are running everything and making everything worse. And so I think in, re- not reflection, but, like, in response to mm-hmm. that, they're like, no, fuck those guys. We're into atheists. We're into Jews. We're into Muslims. We're into the people who are not like trying to genuinely take over our culture. I think that's what it is. And I think it's the fact that these religions, by and large, these days, especially evangelicals, 
um, are known more for their politics mm-hmm. than anything about their religious beliefs. 100%. So evangelical is shorthand for the Republicans who want to take away your rights, your civil rights, your bodily rights, your yeah. autonomy, all that stuff. And they want nothing to do with that. I mean, I think if you say, you know, given their retrograde views on women, their bigoted views on LGBTQ people, sure. the Republican Party in general, young people have been screwed over by Republicans slash conservative white evangelicals for decades now. And blamed for our failure. It's our fault that we had the wrong, whatever, college major and not that they fucked us over as hard as they could during the Reagan administration. And so this is the thing. Like, young people grew up and they knew atheists, by and large, are ones fighting for religious equality, religious freedom, Mm -hmm. Um, if you know anything about us, which apparently most people don't. But if you know anything, it's like, well, what do I know about atheists? Well, a lot of people I know are fed up with organized religion, Uh too. Um, And if you see atheists fighting about anything on TV, in newspapers, whatever, it's usually in defense of religious freedom. Freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you see a Catholic bishop or you see an evangelical leader, it's saying, let me tell you why we want to stop women from having rights. And let why me... we're correct. Everybody else yeah. is wrong. And yeah, it's they terrible. know how to sniff out bullshit. So mm. good on that. I mean, that gives me some hope for the future. Um, so th- and there's one other thing that caught my attention from this particular Pew Research Center survey, which is that when it came to, they asked people, do you know someone who is blank? Like, do you know oh, someone who's Catholic? Interesting. And so compared to just three years ago, Catholics, three years ago, 91% of people said, I know someone who's Catholic. Sure. Now it's down to 88%. A little, That's not a huge, not a huge drop. drop. By and large, most people, it actually went down. Maybe because we're not hanging out with people in general as much anymore. Yeah, that but would be what I would atheists say. atheists was the one group that had a big jump from three years ago from 65% of Americans mm. saying they know someone who's atheist to 71%. And again, this has been a long-term thing, not just for uh, LGBTQ people mm. in that movement, mm-hmm. but for us as well, which is when you know someone who's gay, it's a lot harder to demonize uh, being gay. It's a lot harder to demonize same-sex marriage. I mean, this All that is what I've been saying for a thousand years. Right? It's also true of trans people. If you know someone who's trans, then you would probably change how I mean, you talk about trans I mean, this is classic, like, mid-aughts DOP bullshit yep. of, oh, my my son just came out as gay, <laughs> and now I realize, oh, gay people are human beings. And to be fair, like, that's Barack Obama's excuse for supporting same-sex marriage. Well, I, mm, I know a couple who is uh, gay, and I don't Which know. Which is fair, but whatever. he has yeah, he but was you're working right. in the system. And as more people know people who are atheists, which, by the way, if you're younger, if you're in a bigger high school, if you're in a bigger college, mm-hmm. odds are you can't really swing your arms in the hallway without hitting someone who's non-religious or skeptical of religion. I don't care what their label yeah. is, but you're bound to know someone who's atheist, and you probably like that person. They're probably in your friend group at some point I or I mean, another. most of my coworkers know what I do mostly because they know that I don't get paid enough to make a living off of working at the barn. Patreon.com so slash most friendly of them know that, that this is my job and I can't think of anybody who has ever like treated me weird. Like most people are like, oh my God, my daughter will love your podcast. Yeah. 
And that's the thing. Like, so we have a long way to go as atheists if we want to win over hearts and minds of most Americans. Yeah, but we can go pretty far by not being dicks. That goes a long way. And mm. the bottom line is we're still on the upswing. And a lot of that is self-inflicted wounds from religious conservatives who keep making their religion look worse and worse. Sure. And the more they double down on, like, waging wars on vulnerable people mm-hmm. and the taking always the least popular policy decisions mm-hmm. all while voting for extremists and wannabe dictators from right. Florida, like whatever goodwill they earn, like this is what's surprising about the Mormon thing. Like you said, if you know a Mormon, it's probably they're super nice, They've overly definitely, nice. like cleaned up your yard for you without asking. <laughs> and that's the <laughs> reputation they were coasting on for a long time. And these days, if you, if you follow the news to the point where you hear about Mormons in the news, think about the stories you've been hearing. And they're not, I don't think any of this is unfair. It's about covering up sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. It's about being anti-gay, going back to like Prop 8 and fighting against that sure. stuff. It is... Uh, the racism that has been talked about, not just exposed, it's been exposed for a while, but the inherent racism of the Mormon church mm-hmm. um, and a lot of ex-Mormons speaking out and saying they want to leave this sect. Like all of that stuff is happening. So whatever goodwill they have earned to the point where you can make a musical that actually they don't hate no. because you are ultimately saying we have a that good thing going here. fucking owns bones. Um, they they still have a negative reputation because people are seeing through the facade. And that's happening down the line. Catholics, I mean, Mm. again, they've had a bad reputation for a long time, but that was built off of, like, a lot of people would have graduated from Catholic schools or Catholic universities. And, like, the good people you know go to church every week. And now it's like, what do I think about the Catholic church? Well, I have another story in a little bit about another one going bankrupt because of sexual abuse. Mm. So, like, there's the Catholic church for you. Yeah. Yeah. At least if you hate atheists, it's probably because you hate a couple people. Yeah, and <laughs> and we, I mean, and also we don't have a collective in the way that any church does, right? Like, because right. you and I can sit here and shit on Richard Dawkins for being transphobic. Uh, that doesn't. And that's the end of the pay. sentence. Yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> truly it. Okay, let's keep grinding. Sure. Let's talk about this lawsuit coming out of South Carolina. This is. Uh, I was shocked to see this, and then the more I read about it, I'm like, nope, that tracks. Oh, God. Um, This is a lawsuit uh, from a teenage girl in South Carolina. She's suing her school district, saying she was physically assaulted by a teacher for not saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, God. And their lawyer uh, went public with this story, and, I mean, I've had a chance to read the lawsuit, look at the video they actually posted about this stuff. I mean, there's a lot of Can information. Can look at it, or uh, is this not a... It's not worth watching because it, it's hard to make out. You can just kind of see fuzzy specters. Okay. But I'll tell you what the okay, video said. A, yeah, Here's the story. 15-year-old freshman. Her name is Marissa Barnwell. She's a black girl. She's an honor oh, roll boy. student at River Bluff High School. This is said, said? Yep. She was walking to class uh, after Thanksgiving uh, last year. It was her birthday, coincidentally. But basically, she's walking in the hallway. The intercom system begins uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. They do it every day. That's not unusual. A lot of schools do that sort of thing. Now, South Carolina law, just for the record, says every school has to say the pledge 
Mm. But South Carolina has no other problems. All oh, they yeah, need yeah. to do no, is this is the only one. Satan in the pledge. They say great. schools great, have great, to great, say great, the great, pledge. Great, 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 great. But the law also says uh, students don't have to participate. They can't be penalized for not participating. They can leave the classroom, remain silent and seated, whatever they want. Like, good. I mean, that's what the law should say. They shouldn't have the pledge, but whatever. If they do, those are the exemptions you need. Marissa wasn't in the classroom. She was walking in the hallway mm-hmm. when these announcements were being played. And so she just kept walking. She was going to class, right? According to the surveillance video from the school, which their lawyer has made public, you could see her walking down the hall and a teacher stops her. I can't hear in the video. I can't hear the sound. But according to Marissa, she said this teacher stopped her and basically... Male, female teacher? A female teacher stopped her, like pushed her against the wall. Like, (gasps) you need to say the pledge. According to Barnwell, she said, I was just in disbelief. You can hear me say in the video. I cannot hear her say this in the video. But she says, you can hear me say in the video, get your hands off of me. I was completely and utterly disrespected. And that's what the video uh, apparently shows. She said she doesn't even know who that teacher was. Like it wasn't. It was a random adult in the school who worked there. Do we know? Yes, we do know who that person was. Did she teach? Special education teacher. You would would think that person is even more empathetic. You motherfuckers make us all look bad. Seriously. So, uh, according to the lawsuit, fuck me. According to the lawsuit, this teacher uh, violated. White, white, white she teacher. was God white damn teacher. Damn it! Yep. White people do better for fucking ones. It's so tiring. Yep. Um, so you can't hear the audio in the clip that was played on a newspaper's website. And I did try to get another copy of the video from the lawyer. He did not Daddy respond came over to my she emails. Knows I'm upset. Yes. Um, so they had a press conference. Uh, here's the rest of the story, though. This incident allegedly happens at the school, and they say we have video backing up. And according to the parents of this girl... And you've seen the video? I saw the video. Okay. Um, according to the parents, Marissa calls them shortly after this happens because here's what happened. Uh, this teacher pushed her against the wall, told her she had to say the pledge. She, Marissa then gets sent to the principal's office and Marissa um, basically was told by the principal... He basically gave her like a treat and said, like, why don't you go back to class or something? Okay, so like we'll pretend this never happened. Domesticated animal at this point. <laughs> it was bad. Gave her okay, you need obviously you need to go into more about what the treat was. Uh, I will find it while you talk. Okay. So what we are dealing with is the fact that Teachers think that uh, pledging loyalty to a country is more important than their individual rights, which is... It may have been a Rice Krispies treat. I'm not sure. But basically... I mean, hey, listen, gang, a good Rice Krispies treat... I know we all know Rice Krispies treats are okay, but once in a while I get a really good Rice Krispies treat and it will make me forget the racial injustices that have happened against me. Black Lives Matter, but not as much as... (laughs) be clear, a I'm a white idiot. You can clip this segment of the show for your podcasting <laughs> Twitter needs. No, we're trying so, to get paid for this dumb show. This special needs teacher, uh-huh. she took Marissa to the principal's office. The principal said uh, he'll review video footage, but never pointed out that Marissa's actions of not saying the pledge were legal. Didn't uh-huh. say that at any point. He offered her some treat, and then he sent her back to class. But the thing is, if he reviewed the footage, like... He hasn't made it public. He did not call her parents about it. He didn't tell them that, like, hey, listen, something happened at school. Your daughter didn't do anything wrong. He didn't 
Uh, tell when the you parents say the teacher pushed her up against the wall, can you explain that a little bit more? That's it. I, I don't know like, what else to like say there. Is it like a forearm to her throat, or was it like two hands against her shoulders? It's really important. From for me the to know video, for some I could see two hands, but again, okay. it's a blurry video. It's okay. hard to make out, which is why it's like. The video helps because this isn't just one girl saying this happened. You could see some physical contact. But again, the story is, what are you doing to this girl yeah, what is this in the woman's hallway? goal? And so, anyway, the parents... What's her damage? It's been like months since this has happened. Yeah. And the only reason they're filing a lawsuit now is because, basically, they have tried every possible channel, the parents have, to try to just get the school to acknowledge this happened that it was wrong, that it shouldn't have happened. Like, they weren't asking for anything more than, like, an apology, and they didn't get it. The school just won't contact them and won't respond to them at all, and that's why they're now filing a federal lawsuit. I mean, it sounds... I've just been kind of deep into um, a true crime case about boys on the track, and it is wild what people in intermediate power will do to retain that intermediate power like it's obvious like when you see somebody who's a senator or president or whatever you're like yeah they're gonna try to like hold their shit together but truly like fucking county council people are like uh (laughs) this is the most important job and i'm willing to murder over my reputation like these are the things that drive me crazy is people's own ego and own desire for power outweighs children animals people with special needs, anything else, because people are fucking monsters. Yeah. Um, people who want authority are monsters. There is a racial element to all of this because of the teacher is white is. and the student is black. I would point out uh, this school, 73% of the students are white. And Marissa believed she was singled out because she was black. And she said at the press conference mm. that her black friends have experienced similar feelings of racism, oh, though yeah, a- this is the first story she knew of in her friend circle where a teacher physically... Uh, attack them. The this family. Is, sorry, before yeah. you go on, I want to talk about that a little bit more. So my girl here has her little group who are also black, and they all talk in among themselves about. And racism is just a part of their life. It's just a part Dealing of their life. And I obviously I haven't had to deal with like the racial element of it, but I certainly know that feeling of having a group of girls who are like. You need to watch out for this guy. You need to look out for this behavior. This is the thing that women are always doing. Specifically, I have to presume women of color are just constantly looking out for each other and looking for danger. Because unfortunately, if you're not a white dude, danger is everywhere. You could, I don't know, be 15 and not recite the Pledge of Allegiance and you get physically assaulted. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, They're suing the district and its leaders for being, quote, negligent, careless, reckless, and grossly negligent. They are saying that they violated... Negligent and grossly negligent? Wow. All different things under the law. They're saying the school, the district, violated Marissa's civil rights. Yep. um, And they're seeking whatever a court deems fit. Um, I was curious, like... Not that this was relevant to the story, but why doesn't she say the pledge? And they did answer that at the conference. Apparently, she stopped saying it in third grade when she realized for the first time, why are we saying we have liberty and justice for all Mm. in this country? Because we don't. Certainly don't. And so she stopped saying it for that reason. I was reminded, so a few years ago, I did a long podcast about the Pledge of Allegiance Mm -hmm. and its history. And there was a story in there that I was shocked by because I had never heard it before. 
1916, okay. there was an Whoa. 11-year-old black child named Hubert Eves, and he basically stopped saying the pledge for that exact reason. He said, isn't it wrong to have me bowing and worshiping a flag that is a dirty flag, one that does not give my mother and father protection, okay, a, flag that, a flag that represents a government that allows Jim Crow cars, segregation in all public places in the South and other parts of the country, denies us a voice in state government, and who practices grandfather clauses and lets mobs take our people out and hang them without trial, show us no mercy in the courts, deny us the proper school education, disenfranchises our people, winks an eye at Southern concubinage, ostracizes us in every way. He was 11. He was arrested for not saying the pledge. My good dude. Yeah. I bet he lived a long, healthy life and never was murdered early. I hope so. Um, But again, over a hundred years ago, and basically what he said is, I'm not saying the pledge then for the same reason Marissa doesn't want to say. What's his last name? E-A-V-E-S. But just a fascinating story. I don't know how this lawsuit will play out. It's hard to predict how these things will go, but... Uh, watching that press conference, man, this girl is poised. She knows what Shit. she's doing. Their Good lawyer also seems very much like he knows what he's doing here. So hey, I hope that's the case. You know what fucking blows is that girl's 11 and she deserves to have a child. She's 15. Yeah. Oh, Marissa wait, who's is. 11? Uh, Hubert, the uh, kid from 100 years ago. She's 15. Oh, okay, this is older. But truly, like, this isn't what she should be worrying about. No kidding. She's 15. She's a freshman. Let her have her uh, high school experience. Hubert. Not tainted by this. I'm going to jump to a story from uh, the college football world. This involves Deion Sanders. Do you remember Deion Sanders? Deion Sanders is definitely a name I know. I don't know if it's a man or a woman because Dion feels very gender neutral. That answers our question. Okay. So here's here's the story. Like (laughs) I read the only reason I really cared about this issue at all um, cause I, I saw it a month ago and then I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's not really on my radar. And okay. then I see an editorial from a mostly right-wing newspaper called the Colorado Springs Gazette. Mm. And I'm like, oh, oh no, you're getting all of this wrong now. Now okay. I'm mad. So here's the backstory back. There was a NFL player, Deion Sanders. He is a legend. He's a hall of famer. He's won two Super Bowls, pro bowl. You name the accolade in football for? and he knows he's earned it. What? what teams? Oh, who cares? So well, I do. I, I don't know. A team. Jesus. I don't follow it that closely. Okay, well, you can't give me shit for not knowing about sports. And then you're like, oh, you don't know who Deion Sanders is. And I say, who did Deion Sanders play for? And you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, do you You not... wouldn't have guessed football even. No, that's true. So, but that doesn't make you smarter anyway, than me. Anyway, back in... De- it absolutely Dion, does. fuck yourself, So, Sanders. back in December, um, the University of Colorado uh, hired him as the new head coach of their football team. In Colorado? In Colorado. He had been coaching at a different school. He helped that school do a big turnaround. And it turns out the University of Colorado's football team sucks. And so they're like, well, let's get this guy here because not only does he seem to know what he's doing. 49ers. He's 49ers. So he's a big draw. We can... Cowboys. uh, It would be great for us. So this guy got a contract, $5 million a year, uh, which for, Deion Sanders, we're Deion talking Sanders, about? Yep, I wasn't um, Typical for a college football coach, but a lot. Uh, $5 million a year. This team went 1-11 last season. Yikes. So now they're bringing him on to turn that around. Um, they haven't won a bowl game in like two decades. Well, they went 
what nine and ten last or excuse me one and ten last year so i don't think a bowl yeah. is in their prospects yes i don't understand how bowls work in college uh you have to do decently in the regular season and, and then, then maybe you get, you like, get to tostito play bowl. yeah and then you get some chips um <laughs> and then you play your game and then maybe you get some money prestige whatever sure. um but basically and even if like, Deion sanders bowl, ball state university go ahead right even if he fails though like Hiring him, having that name representing your campus is mm. just good advertising for your school, basically. Sure. So, hasn't coached yet. The season hasn't started yet. Yep. And so, right now, because it's March, he's still like building his staff, recruiting players for next season. That's what you do as a coach. What? He hasn't called me. Yeah, he'll he'll get right on that. Okay. Um, but we do have evident, like, of course, people are interviewing him and his staff, and they want to know how are you going to reshape this team? What are you going to do in December? One assistant coach. Uh, according to a newspaper report, began a meeting for their team with a Christian prayer. Mm. Whatever. Okay, bad, oh but not okay. Oh, no, I understand then why in we're January, uh, before a team meeting, and we have video of this, mm. like Sanders directed another coach to lead the team in another Christian prayer. Mm. Um, very explicitly Christian. It ends in, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, that's and, not Christianity. Yeah, it just only Christianity. mentions Christ. So the thing is, like, it's one thing to praise God during your first press conference, which he absolutely did. Did, but, but like people would overlook your that. Team. But making your team do it obviously sure. is a problem. And mm. by the way, he did this at his old college, Jackson State, where he was coaching and where he built a reputation for actually being a good coach, mm-hmm. not just a good player himself, where he had the team there start praying before games, like where Perfect. they would say things like, repeat after me, Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I magnify you. Lord, I glorify you. And they Without losing. you, I wouldn't be a thing. And they never lost a game after. They did better, but oh, did it's they? not because of this. <laughs> um, but basically the message, the reason any of this is a problem is yeah. because even if they don't say it, if you're part of one of this guy's teams, you better be on board with his prayers. Because if you leave the huddle, even if he says, well, I'm not forcing you to be here, if you leave the huddle or remain silent or dare criticize any of this, saying Christian prayer shouldn't be a part of your coaching process, you might be branded as an athlete who's not a team player. Mm. That could lead to less playing time. It could hamper your future opportunities. And even if I couldn't point you to one student who has suffered consequences, like there's a reason courts worry about religious coercion Mm -hmm. when it comes to adults at any public school leading or joining prayers. Like that's true in high school. It applies to public colleges and universities. And here's the thing. Last year, there was a famous Supreme Court decision. We've talked about it here uh, in a case called Bremerton, where basically they said a high school football coach who wanted to pray at midfield after games, Mm -hmm. the reason the Supreme Court, the conservatives on the court said, "Mm, we're fine with that is because they said, it's just a private prayer he's doing by himself in the middle of a in the middle of a football field, field with cameras broadcast. and yeah, you know, and basically they're saying, look, he's not even inviting people to join him. Mm. Um, and again, we can all argue, and we did that. That's still a coercive thing that he's doing, right? But their argument was that's a private prayer, regardless of how people are interpreting it. And that's why we're saying it's okay. The point that's being, the if Joe Kennedy cheaper. at Bremerton said. Before a game starts, I'm going to lead the team in a Christian prayer. There's a good chance he would not have gotten away with that. And yet, that is what Deion Sanders is doing right now. Doesn't matter that it's at a college. It's still the same rules. Right. So anyway. Because it's a public college? Public school, Mm -hmm. yeah. So in January, the Freedom From Religion Foundation wrote a letter to the uh, university, to the chancellor, and basically said... 
Um, it seems that in this case, Coach Sanders has not hired a Christian chaplain to impose religion on her uh, players. He's done it himself, creating a Christian environment within his football programs Uh that excludes non-Christian and non-religious players. Okay. Players trying to please their coach surely will feel immense pressure to participate in religious activities and go along with Coach Sanders proselytizing. I feel like they didn't used to care about that. Who? Just people, the powers that be, don't give a shit about like... Oh, you have to pretend to be Christian for a day. That's fine. Well, it's still illegal. So that's what FFRF is saying. And he's saying courts have summarily rejected arguments that voluntariness excuses a constitutional violation. Of course. FFRF added, Coach Sanders' team is full of young and impressionable student-athletes who would not risk giving up their scholarship, giving up playing time, or losing a good recommendation from the coach by speaking out or voluntarily opting out of his unconstitutional religious activities, mm-hmm. even if they strongly disagreed with his beliefs. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Using a coaching position to promote Christianity amounts to religious coercion. There so it is. They're not suing so the school. They got it. They're not suing the school. FFRF is saying, look, the rules are already here. Maybe you don't know them. Sure. We're here to tell you what the rules are. Yeah. Don't make it happen. Uh-huh. I should point out, there's a conservative legal group, First Liberty Institute, they sent a letter to the school saying, you guys, everything you're doing is fine. Um, cool. Because their good lawyers are not good. advice you're getting. Anyway, guess what? FFRF's letter, it worked. <gasps> like a week later, the university wrote back and basically said, I'm quoting here, the Office of Institutional Equity and Compliance personally met with Coach Sanders wow. to provide guidance on the non-discrimination policies, wow. dot, dot, dot. Coach Sanders was very receptive to this training and came away with it with a better understanding of the university's policies and the requirements of the Establishment Clause. So basically, I the school said... I will believe that when I see sure. it. And that's the thing. Good for them. Good for them. This we'll, feels like the best outcome yeah. of this. And FF, as far as FFRF is concerned, like, great, that settles our complaint. Great. Yeah, we're not mad at Dan Sanders. <laughs> we're just expecting better from him. Yeah, him. we're expecting better. But whatever the case, it's like, good, we warned you of the problem. You said, hey, we hear you and we fix the problem. Mm. Great, problem solved unless we hear about it again. But mm. at this point, we've laid a foundation that we see you doing something and we're calling Back you out on off. it. And we, now if you do it again, it's like you. now a court's going to be even more like what you were warned about. Okay. Anyway, we're not there yet. So anyway, that's where we're at with this case. That's why I thought this was a non-story. Because yeah. all the time there are coaches who do this sort of prayer in a huddle sort of thing. Maybe a group like FFRF says you can't do that. And then the school says, oh, you're right. We will stop. And that's the end of the story. Great. That's how it should end. But- in this case... The Colorado Springs Gazette newspaper this week, they posted an editorial. Here's the headline. Atheists ordered Deion Sanders to hide his heartfelt identity. That is what we collectively do. We knock on the doors of Christians and we're like, keep it inside your own heart. (laughs) Yeah. Here's the first sentence of this editorial. Editorial, mind you, not stupid columnist who happened to write a bad opinion piece because those are a dime a dozen. I don't think we need editorials, but I think we need to be chiller about who we let write editorials. (laughs) We need to be chiller about who writes everything in a newspaper. And that's all the way from the best, biggest papers. We should just write everything. That's what I do. We're the only people with good opinions. Yes, that's what I tell everybody in every piece. So here's the first sentence of the editorial. Let's kick it. Diversity must threaten the Freedom From Religion Foundation. The club's 
15-member honorary board consists of only white anti-religionists. These self-righteous faux legal proselytizers want everyone to live and believe as they do. He's acting hard. Yeah. Here's... First of all, diversity Diversity. They're trying to make this into a racial thing, and it's not. Super Um, isn't. Then they pointed at their honorary board saying, well, they're all white, which it's weird that they pointed out the honorary board and not the actual board that oversees, which is definitely not all white. Then they say these So maybe the all white thing is more of a condemnation of his school that he's at? Maybe. Okay. The self-righteous faux legal proselytization. Like faux legal? They're not fake lawyers. What is that all about? they're real, I think. And most importantly... You can't say faux legal. You can say like faux offended. (laughs) They're like... No one, FFRF did not say we need you to promote atheism. They're not asking everyone to that's live and I'm believe asking, as they do. They said, is. hey, you can't push Christianity. We're not asking you to push atheism. Mm. We're saying just keep that to yourself or find a way to do it in a neutral well, there's way. There's a group of people who think that if they don't get to do whatever they want to do, it's oppression. Is this this group of people? The editorial board? Mm. Yes. Here's mm-hmm, what they mm-hmm, went on mm-hmm, to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is no surprise. This no surprise. outfit, FFRF, wants national treasure Deion Sanders to behave as they dictate. They want the NFL Hall of Famer and former pro baseball player to shut up and coach. Baseball player, that's where I knew him from. Yeah. Shut up and coach. They demand he suppress something central to his being, a trait no less important than his racial identity. But... If I talk about my period, everyone's like, gross, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Even I though hate that's that. core to who you are. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing. They're like, um, first of all, they want the player to shut up and coach. Laura Ingram famously Girl. told LeBron James to shut up and dribble when he was reacting to George Floyd. And obviously, horrible thing to say to him. Mm. And these people are like, oh, FFRF is telling Deion Sanders, shut up and coach. That's not even close to an interpretation of what FFRF said. They said, no, 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 you can coach and you could be a Christian. You just can't merge those two worlds in a coercive way. A right wing person is misrepresenting Fax Hammond. I've never heard of it and I shan't. Yes. Um, then they go on to highlight how white the University of Colorado is and like basically to yeah, say... Yeah, dog, it's we- Colorado. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And then here's my favorite part about this editorial. They say nearly 60% of Boulder residents uh, identify as no religion. Uh, non-denominational Christians are such an anomaly. They show up as 0% on surveys. A Gallup poll ranks Boulder the second least religious city in the United States. The hiring of an iconic, universally respected black man with a household name has ignited hope for mitigating Boulder's diversity problem. Saying Deion Sanders is the answer what to our racist city. are you and saying? This is in response, I might remind so you, to FFRF saying don't proselytize to your so kids. So few people believe in God in Boulder that their only option was to bring in a apparently famous Christian, which I yes. didn't know. That, that is their that's argument. You're thing. hurting diversity because you're mad at a black guy, which you're not allowed to do, apparently. And he happens to be a Christian, which would diversify... 
the University of Colorado. Because if I want to look for a place where no Christians exist, it's Colorado, home of Colorado Springs. I mean, we, boy, we were, my husband and I and our dog were in Colorado a couple years ago and we went through Boulder a bunch. And it's a fucking dope ass little town. It's great. Did we drive by the John Bernay Ramsey house? We did. I don't feel amazing about it. But Boulder is great and it's pretty fucking hysterical for somebody to be like um this this new person bothers me not because <laughs> because he's christian and like you're anti-christian you're not racist he's like i'm not gonna accuse boulder of being racist that would be out of pocket I'm going to accuse them of being anti-Christian, which is... They're going back and forth in this editorial. They're doing everything. As if there is any group of humans in the United States besides, like, dumb people like us who are, like, quote-unquote anti-Christian. And, like, we're not anti-Christian, but, like, this idea that people think there's a boogeyman around every church corner is so fucking funny to me. Of, like, you need to think up your own villain because otherwise you have to realize the reality is you're the villain. I'm going to add one more thing. Then I'll summarize this whole thing. But like they, the editors here kept writing Deion Sanders should not and does not coerce prayer or acceptance of his faith by anyone on campus. Uh-huh. And then they basically said, this is college football. Damn it. Coaches quote coaches win or get fired. Basically saying, if you're good on the team, you're going to play. Why would we punish you just because you're not going along with the prayers? Um, and These then they added... These are people deeply have a different point of view than me. And then they added Sanders adds to Boulder's racial and religious diversity. And mm. that is a good thing. He is through and through a black man who openly worships God. Jesus Basically Christ. trying to make FFRF's harmless letter, which the university said, yeah, you're right, yeah. we're going to fix this, mm. into some sort of attack on who he oh, is. An anti-racial And by the attack. way, oh, if boy. Deion Sanders is your answer to racism, I just want to point out that, do you know what you could do with $5 million Tell me. Here's a thought. You could spend like $2 million hiring tons of professors of color mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm, spend $3 mm-hmm. million a year on scholarships for students of color to come to your school. Yeah, but how many football games would that win? I'm pretty sure they would do better than 1 in 11. Okay. Okay. I'll kick a football Oh, 10 yards, oh, maybe. Oh, my friend. No, you Whatever. Won't. You won't and you can't and you shan't. There are other ways to get attention than a football team. But the point is, Deion Sanders isn't your solution no. to racism. There no, are better solutions to racism. Miserable. This is people pinning anti-Christianity when they're really being racist. And, are we almost going to have to pee so no. bad? So you can go. I'll keep okay. talking. Here's what the editorial board doesn't get. Like coercion isn't just about benching someone who doesn't pray or to like use language they would understand. You don't have to wear a KKK hood to be a racist. The fear is that a student who doesn't pray could be ostracized by teammates. They are looked down upon by the coaches. It's not a direct, you're not participating in the prayer huddle, so you're not going to be in the big game or participate in the big play. It's that it's the sort of thing that can snowball into something much, much worse. Like, and the thing about college football is that they may have a couple of star players who are always going to play because they're that good. But most of any college team consists of a lot of very good players 
who are on the cusp of being great. I mean, they were all like standout stars in high school and they need as many chances as possible to prove themselves to people who can make or break their careers. And so if you're one of those, like not the superstar athlete, but a really good player on the team and you don't want to go along with the crowd, that is the sort of thing that could hurt you. And they don't have a $5 million contract to fall back on. Yeah, me too. That's what I was going to say. was everything. Welcome back. Thanks. Anyway, so that editorial was horrible. I mean, I should say, for now, Deion Sanders seems to be on the right page saying, I'm not going to do this again. Mm -hmm. The school seems to be on the right page saying, yeah, we talked to him. He's not going to do it again. Mm -hmm. We'll see if that pans out. The only people who seem to be mad about this right now are the editorial people at the Gazette who seem to think this is all a big attack from atheists on a black guy who got hired to be yeah, a Yeah, but all coach. conservative news outlets have to do is be offended. Like, that's all they do. They yeah. don't do anything positive. They only absorb and reflect negative. <sighs> that editorial <sighs> made me mad. What? Really? I didn't... I, I couldn't tell about your opinion. Let's talk about this Catholic diocese in Santa Rosa in California. All Basically, right. this week, they declared bankruptcy. Why? Because of a, quote staggering number of sexual abuse cases against church leaders. Staggering, staggering is, is the a word they big used. Word. Yeah. And here's staggering. here's what you need to know. In 2019, the California legislature, okay. overwhelmingly Democrats, um they passed a bill opening up a 3-year window for adults to file lawsuits relating to childhood sexual abuse. And that's been pretty common around the it's country. It's been happening as a l- by a lot of Democrats. Because many, yeah. I think most famously, were like, hey, yes. let us know what the Catholic Church did. And everyone's like, hey, we have the receipts. Well, basically what they said is a lot of people were abused as children, but they didn't realize it or come to terms with it until much later in life. But by that time... It's too late for you to file any lawsuit because of, of the way the laws stand. But we're more adept at discussing sexual abuse these days than ever before. And our understanding of what sexual abuse is yeah. has, has evolved in and an also, important way. People may not recognize the harm it did to them mm. until several years after the incident Good point. in question. So in California, they said, look, in 2019, we're going to open a three-year window for anybody who's been affected um, mm. to go ahead and sue if they want to. And so at the time, I should point out, the Catholic leaders in California argued that the law was unconstitutional. Because? Uh, because they didn't like it because they knew it would come after them. Sure. Um, but basically that window, it the law passed. The window was opened from January 1st, 2020 to December 31st, 2022. Nothing like that happened was your three-year window. There, yes, so. I mean, I thought about the pandemic. It seems irrelevant here, but the point is, like, yeah, that was three-year window. It is done. But here's the thing: in December, as that window is on the verge of closing, mm-hmm. the bishop of the Santa Rosa diocese announced, "You guys, I don't think this is going to look good for us." He basically said, us, uh, "Our diocese or our the diocese, Catholic Church writ large, our diocese." Okay. Bishop Robert Vasa described mm-hmm. bankruptcy as the inevitable result of an insurmountable number of claims, about 130, dating back to 1962 when the diocese was founded. Basically saying, already in the three-year window, there are 130 lawsuits against the Catholic churches that we oversee. Um, And I just want to point out, that sounds like let's do a victory lap Mm -hmm. because they seem to be dying out here, this Catholic diocese. But bankruptcy is actually the easy way out for them because as critics have said... If this Catholic diocese declares bankruptcy, that means the Catholic leaders can postpone or avoid depositions. 
There is, uh, they don't, they can delay discovery in lawsuits that might uncover past uh, misdeeds. <sighs> it also limits how much money can go to victims because a court will say, well, this are, these are all your assets. Uh, it's worth this much. We'll divvy it up amongst the plaintiffs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. As opposed to right now when they might have a lot more at their disposal. Like, And even if the diocese shuts down, the churches underneath might still remain open. So, like, you're closing the entity at the top. Right. But, like, you're not shutting down all the things at the bottom. So, like, that's the thing. Even if you shut down the diocese, it doesn't affect the actual churches or schools Mm -hmm. necessarily. And anyway, that's what they said in December. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Declare by declaring bankruptcy, it also allowed those church officials to just refuse to accept responsibility for abuse and cover ups that occurred when they were in charge. Wait, because if they declare a bankrupt, then they're just saying, like, we says, can't afford to fight all these lawsuits, okay. so like, we're throwing so our hands up in to the air. Account. Yep, they may or may not be shut down, but yep. certainly nobody is called out. And if they're they declare bankruptcy, it cuts off anybody who hasn't filed a lawsuit during that window of time. Uh, no new people can file are you lawsuits. Saying that capitalism is bad for yeah. justice because I've never heard it. So that's what happened in December as that window was closing. Again, this past December. Um, by the way, they thought it was like a hundred. What did they say? hundred thirty claims. Uh-huh. It actually turned out to be two hundred twenty-two. Bing bong. Yeah, that's the final number. Um, and now this week, they the diocese. Can I give them some advice? Yeah, they should not. Um, sexually abuse people as yeah, much as that they is used very to. good advice. Thank you. Um, so on uh, last I'm week, doing, I'm doing a lecture circuit about the, it. <laughs> the diocese said, "Yeah, we're going to declare bankruptcy." He said these cases are too numerous to settle individually, and so and they have accumulated until the closing of the three year window. Mm-hmm. Now that the window is closed, we have received notice of at least 160 claims, and we basically have information that like more than 200 claims have been filed. It was 222. Um, but what that means is a couple decades ago when they did not declare bankruptcy, but and we like the Boston Globe and the Spotlight people did their investigation, when all this began with fewer lawsuits filed against them, uh-huh. they had to pay out uh, $12 million with an additional $19 million coming from insurance. That was like 20 years ago. And to pay all that, okay. they had to sell off property. They had to borrow money. And what the bishop is saying now is we have no more property to sell in our diocese. Very little insurance coverage available. And all these cases are brand new. Like, oh, wow. We don't have the money to give you. That's why we're declaring bankruptcy. Um, I should just point out, like, maybe the diocese is declaring bankruptcy the catholic church is doing fine that's the thing i don't understand is the this sort of financial you can't sue the vatican for what this diocese is doing right of course but if this diocese declares bankruptcy is there anybody over them who is held responsible for their financial nope it's uh, its own it's like one bank going under and then everyone's saying well Sucks for that bank. We're all doing just fine. Don't come after us. Don't well, look over Well, that's definitely not happened in the last week or right? so. So not I'm not sure what you're talking about. Yep. Everything's fine and good. That's what I like yep. is things are fine and good. <laughs> so uh, I should say one newspaper pointed out, just to put this in perspective, mm. at least 32 dioceses and archdioceses in the United States and its territories have sought bankruptcy protection since 2004. 32 dioceses. Shit. 
Um, and one, the Stockton Diocese in a different part of California, came out of bankruptcy in 2017 with a plan to settle with sex abuse case uh, lawsuits with 27 survivors for $15 million. Hmm. That was after they did all this stuff. So, I mean, no wonder they're doing it. Again, are they going to get off easy because of this? Of course. Yes. Um, no one get no one's going to go to jail. No. The churches and the Catholic schools will still exist when all this is over, unless a lawsuit goes after those institutions specifically. It's a cop out, I guess. If there's any upside, it's that the victims uh, who go through the court procedure and all that, mm. uh, they'll get some kind of justice, be- but only because a secular government took the moral high road, even though the religious institutions kept opposing it every uh-huh. step of the way. Oof. Ugh. All right, I got one last story for Jesus. you today. And I'm I'm setting aside like four other stories, but this one was We're too important. Hour and a half already? Oh, we are so far beyond Sleepy. everything. Um this happened in Vermont this week and Bernie Sanders, I, Vermont. Bernie Sanders, Vermont. And uh what happened here is that a there's a school called Mid Vermont Christian School. Okay. Fine. And they have their uh, athletes, and they were playing in the girls' basketball tournament in okay. the state. They're a Division Four school. Fine, whatever. They're in the Division Four bracket, and basically the way it works in their state is a handful of schools get, because of their regular season record, you get put in the bracket, and you try to compete against each other for a state championship. Mm-hmm. Not too different from like the March Madness stuff we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. So they were a 12 seed. They were slated to play the team that was number five. That's okay. the way their bracket worked. This is uh, so late February. They're playing a team that's better than them. They are playing a team that's better than them by record. I'm and just so helping whatever. our non-athletic this a, friends. This is a normal thing that happens all the time. And by the way, a lot of private Christian schools uh-huh. in, in many states will ask like the state athletic associations, like we want permission to play in these tournaments um, and we'll abide by all your rules and everything, but like that's the best competition we can give to our sure. students because what are the other options, right? right? So that's not weird at all. Vermont lets them do it. Um, so they were a 12th seed. They were going to play the number five school, and before the game started, they forfeited the game. The Christian school forfeited the game. Okay. Why? Because the other team they uh, had a woman had a trans athlete on the team. Oh, no. So here's what no. the head... No, 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 This no, is what no, the head no, of the no, Christian no, no, school no, said. No. Trans dude or trans girl? Hmm? It's yeah. an all-girls team. So okay, they had a trans so woman a, on the team. It's a trans woman on yeah. the team. And so the head of the school, Vicki Fogg, she made this statement. We withdrew from the tournament because we believe playing against an opponent with a biological male jeopardizes the fairness of the game and the safety of our players. I am not sure where the safety thing is coming from at all. What, what, I'm sorry, what? She said it was... High school? Yeah, high school. Uh, Yeah, and then she added, allowing biological males to participate in women's sports sets a bad precedent for the future of women's sports in general. Can I... Nope, um, nope. No, I have... You got a long way to go. I have an opinion, I have an opinion. Yes. Uh, And I genuinely had an argument with my husband's, like, boss's boss's boss because I have really good ideas all the time. Um, I think that... As a society, and I'm going to say especially Americans because that's all I can say, maybe our obsession with winning is the worst part of our society because I think about, I'm a, I don't know, Hemant, if you've heard me talk about this, but I work with horses. Have you heard me talk about this? 
I've been riding since I was 10 years old, and I never, ever, ever, ever competed in any meaning of the word competition. And I am so grateful for that fact because I played softball a lot. And what I remember from playing softball as a kid is my dad making me cry when I would drop things and shit like that. So I th- I have a million problems with this story that we're about to tell, but I think my main thing is this idea of if it's quote-unquote unfair and it's not an equal competition amongst high schoolers, that's a bad thing. And, like, maybe we should teach kids that instead of playing to win, we should play to love the things that we do. I And that point, I think, is worth reiterating because, again, this is high school sports. It's not professional. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to celebrate the journey more than the outcomes. Mm-hmm. And to say, like, well, this is going to hurt women's sports. It's like, buddy, it's middle school. Let the trans kid play. But whatever, it's high school. Let the trans kid play. To be clear, the school that the trans student is playing for had no problem with it. The schools they were playing against, except for this one, had no problem with it. It's just this one school. And by the way, for anyone who's interested, as research has shown, there is no consistent evidence showing that trans athletes have a competitive advantage. But that's besides the point here. The point is, like, for all the concern about the threat to women's sports by forfeiting the game the christian school denied all the girls Mm -hmm. on their team and the other team Mm -hmm. to display their skills on the court that strikes me as much more of a threat to women's sports not giving them the chance to compete in a pressure-packed competitive game and let the chips fall where they may um i would also point out that so the Christian school forfeited the game. Long Trail won the game. Mm-hmm. They lost their next game. It happens. That's the way this stuff happens. Well, we, we've seen this before with, not with trans athletes, but specifically I know we talked about a story of a wrestling team that a girl was on the wrestling team yep. and this Christian... Had nothing to do with trans athletes whatsoever. Uh, no, no, just no. a girl who was, was on the wrestling squad it, it is just because she an wanted to wrestle. example of how like the gender dynamics of everything are only hurting children. Yeah. Right? Like, what is the best case scenario result of this? Yeah. Well, here's the good news. There oh. is a good news. This is I'm ending on a high note here. This is unusual and uncomfortable. I know. The Vermont's Principals Association, which is the group that oversees athletic competition like these throughout the state. Okay. Um, they said, well, we have policies in our association that are inclusive. We have a no-tolerance policy when it comes to discrimination based on a student's actual or perceived sex and gender. Mm. And so they didn't know about what the issue was until after the team had already forfeited. They found oh. out after the fact. Okay. So they're like, well, look, we don't have to take, like, in the moment, we don't have to do anything because the Christian team has already forfeited the game. They're out of the tournament. The other team is moving on. So, okay, we could take our time and make sure we get this right. Um, And this week, two weeks later, they have now made it official. Mid-Vermont Christian School is banned from participating Mm. in any VPA-sponsored athletic events. Like, the Christian school cannot participate in any of their athletic competitions moving forward. Are you telling me there were consequences for the 
for the Christian school that was transphobic. Yep. Wow. A unanimous vote of the 15. Bernie Sanders question mark? It's a unanimous vote of the 15 member executive committee. Wasn't even a hard call. Like state law forbids discrimination against trans athletes. But it's kind of nice to still see the athletic association do the right thing and not cave to like bigot demands. Uh. And I love this quotation from the executive director. His name is Jay Nichols. He said, if you don't want to follow VPA rules, that's fine. But then you're not a VPA member. These are like, the things right? I love when people are really straightforward about <laughs> like, these are our rules. If you don't meet you those agree rules, to the rules yeah, when you wanted to join our competition. To, you don't get to decide what we believe. Which in. by the way, this is also the same thing. This is what we've talked about when like, let's say a team with uh, like a seventh day Adventist school wants to play in a basketball tournament in mm-hmm. the same way. We want to compete in the public statewide tournament, mm-hmm. but also we can't play on like Saturdays until Sunday, whatever the rule is. Yeah, and so. basically the response should always be our schedule and our rules were given to you in advance. Yeah. You know what you're getting into and you agreed to it. Mm-hmm. And if you say whatever your reason is, we don't care that it's religious. If you say we can't play on that day, Fine, you're out of the tournament. That's yeah. how it works. I if mean, this school says we're not going to play because that other school has a trans athlete, yeah, that's then fucked. your school can't compete. By the way, that school, for all its concern about athletics and like giving kids this opportunity, well, they just screwed all of their students mm-hmm. out of competition in an actual pressure-packed environment for the foreseeable future. I should say they plan to appeal the decision, but I'm not sure under what grounds really. Truly. Uh, because especially if the anti-trans shit is in the state. It's in the state constitution yeah, and it's the association's rule. They're not I should be clear. It sounds they like- are not being punished for their Christian beliefs, they're being kicked out of an association for, for breaking a rule yeah. that amounted to nothing more than, you know, be decent humans. Yeah. Um well, bad so. for them. I'm sorry about their students, but you know what? These are the lessons we learned is the truly like the choices that the adults in our life make reflect down on us, on us, on the younger people. And we have to figure out what that's going to look like when we're the adults. And I think it's worth praising like this team from Long Trail that was fine with having a trans athlete on the Mm -hmm. team and all the other teams that were like, all right, we got to play this tough team. Mm -hmm. Let's see what we could do. I hope we beat them. You know what I mean? Like they took it as a competitive situation Mm -hmm. and they did what they did. Like not everyone has to be bigoted, but like, I know it's frustrating when like one school with a bigot, who's their leader Mm kind of jeopardize, kind of steals all the attention, but man, everyone else involved in this situation did pretty much the right thing, which is so nice to see. There's one villain. In here. And All right, I'll I'll pause that's there. That's good. Holy cow, this is quite an episode, eh? Um, got I through a story s- and a half. <laughs> I was some shit for bonus episode. I just finished this the show Sandman. Okay. On Netflix, I really liked it. I'm reading a book called Lessons in Chemistry, and I did uh, cry today at a bar while reading that book. <laughs> Um, Scotty, our new horse, I'm obsessed with, and I only want to talk about him. Next thing is I brought you and your family out to dinner. I went outside the house. And I want to talk about it because it was so fun, and I'm obsessed with your kids. 
Um, finally, quickly, uh, a show called Intelligence starring David Schwimmer and fuck, I can't think of his name, but he's Nate from Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched a doc about Malaysian Air Flight 370. Um, I bought a friend of mine a book because of all of my white guilt. That's the end of the things white I want to talk about later. Guilt. That's Got tr- it. literally only on my You'll notes have 30 it says seconds white guilt. To book. Explain white it's guilt. gonna be great. You can find me at Hemant Meta on Twitter. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. You can always find me on Twitter at Jess Blumke. You can leave a review on iTunes. You can email us at friendly atheist podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you and usually read the shit. Anything else <laughs> you got for us but um hey we have a discord we have a facebook page those links are in the show notes and I like this you is guys. also on youtube yeah if hey, you like gang. that i appreciate you listening to this it's a weird dumb show that i love that you listen to Yay. it's fun we'll see you next week Goodbye. bye